Yo, how's it going, everybody? This is Snow Eldridge from the Eldridge Podcast, and we are back for episode 34. So before I start this episode, I remember last episode I ended it saying I would redo my, uh, I guess, ranking all of the NFL teams, but I wanted to wait till the offseason was done. I know it's basically like free agency is almost done, but I want to see what teams draft who and like... I mean, there's still some quarterback questions in certain places. Jadavion Clowney hasn't signed. Adoree Jackson signed with the Giants yesterday. I mean, there's still a lot to happen, so I'm going to wait on that. I did say I would start the next episode talking about that, but I'm going to wait on that. So I wanted to let you guys know about that. Moving on to the next topic here. So we're going to talk about my predictions yesterday for the college basketball games last night and last afternoon. So... I did, I've talked about it in back-to-back episodes, but just to go through all the games that occurred yesterday, I picked Iowa over Oregon, and Oregon beat Iowa 95-80, to so I was wrong on that one. I did not give a score prediction for that one. Gonzaga, I picked Gonzaga over Oklahoma, uh, and I did not give a score prediction for that, so I did not give score predictions for either one, but just to look it up really quick, the Gonzaga score yesterday was 87-71. Oklahoma hung in there, but just couldn't get the job done. Then here were the games that I did not talk about. I mean, I talked about them making score predictions, but not the results of the games. So I did pick UCLA over Abilene Christian. I said they would win by seven. UCLA won by 20. So final score was 67-47. We're not going to go into the box scores for these games. Um, Maybe later, but for now, we're just going to leave it there. I did pick Ohio over Creighton. Creighton was looking a little sketchy and just like, I don't know. They didn't feel like they underperformed in my opinion. And they came out and made a statement. They beat Ohio 72 to 58. I had Ohio beating Creighton by two. So that was an incorrect prediction. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I got the game right and the score. Well, I mean, not the score, but how many points the other team would win by. So I had Michigan over LSU by eight. You can check out the episode yesterday. It was before the games. I had Michigan over LSU by eight, and Michigan won 86-78, which is by eight. Making correct predictions out here. I'm definitely going to hold that for a while. But then it gets a little downhill here. I had Colorado over Florida State by four. I mean, I had a feeling Florida State would win this game in a close one. Just Colorado was shooting lights out. I don't like Florida State. I was really cheering and pulling for Colorado and uh I just I just let my heart get the best of me so yeah I had Colorado over Florida State by four and Florida State won 71 to 53 so I was way off on that one this one I was closer I guess you would say I had Alabama over Maryland by 11 and I I did say go check the episode quote I did say blowout I said I think they're gonna blow them out and But I did have to pick a score, and I picked Alabama over Maryland by 11. Final score was 96-77. to 77. So they, they did win by 19. So it was, I mean, both double digits. So we were right there, pretty close. I did predict a blowout, though. All right, this one, way off. Like, the most off I could be. But I am going to take a little credit just because of the quotes that I said. I did list them down and write them out for you guys. So I took Kansas over USC by 5. And USC won 85 to 51. 
I watched the entire game. I didn't pay attention that much because it was just a blowout. Kansas could not shoot the ball. I mean, like, like it was just awful. By the way, sorry, going back to the Michigan-LSU game, a shout-out to LSU. They kept it close. Uh, just Once again, Michigan was just too good, man. They couldn't stop them. Did not watch. I watched a little bit of the Colorado-Florida State game. It was just low scoring and not that exciting in the first half. Watched the end of the Alabama-Maryland game. I watched all the guns, uh, Gonzaga and Oklahoma game. I talked about that in a past episode. I did not watch any of the UCLA-Abilene Christian game or the Ohio-Creighton game. A little bit of the Ohio-Creighton game. So, but yeah, I watched all of the Kansas-USC game. Of course, the one that was just an absolute blowout. I mean, all of these were pretty much blowouts. I mean, the closest game was a win by eight. I mean, but you had... Oregon beating Iowa by 15, UCLA beating Abilene Christian by 10, Ohio beating Creighton by 14. I mean, uh, yeah, Michigan over LSU by eight. That was the closest one out of all of these games. But yeah, so final score was 85 to 51. Kansas could not shoot the ball. They missed. I mean, it was one of those. Kansas did not do anything better than USC in that game. Nothing. Rebounding, defense. I mean, the only thing Kansas did well was moving the ball and getting open shots. Their guys just could not knock down the shots. They, they couldn't make shots. They were getting good looks, open looks, and they just could not make shots. But I will say this. So I did say Kansas over USC by five, which was way, way off. But here are quotes that I said before I made that prediction. This is usually where Kansas would choke. USC has a chance to get the dub. Don't sleep on USC. Those were three quotes that I had. So... I wasn't expecting USC to do that, but I was a little worried that they would win. So at the end of the day, I picked Kansas over USC. That was my prediction. And unfortunately, I was incorrect. But moving on to the next topic, yesterday was a very sad day for Laker Nation. We did talk about it in the last episode, but basketball Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor passed away at the age of 86. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1977 played 14 NBA seasons, all with the Los Angeles Lakers. And then in 2005 to 2006 NBA season, he was the NBA executive of the year for the Los Angeles Clippers, I believe. But Magic Johnson went on first take and talked very good about him. Uh, He was just saying some stats that I didn't even know that um, he dropped 70 points in a regular season game and dropped 60 in a finals game, which 60 in a finals game is still a record. So, I mean, this guy's still holding records and he played so, so long ago. I said it in a past podcast. He is very underrated. When you think of a top 50 NBA player all time, no one even thinks to put him there. I mean, Magic said it himself. He was the first great Los Angeles Laker. He did say George Mikan was great. And the first great Laker, but in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. So, but LA Laker, the first great, Elgin Baylor. Something that Magic also said, which I thought was pretty awesome, but I don't know. I just never saw Elgin Baylor play, so I can't say anything. But he said Elgin Baylor was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. Now, I don't know about that. But Elgin Baylor was great and is very underrated. So, Shout out to Elgin Baylor, RIP, praying for his wife and his family. But let's move on to the next topic here. The Broncos are going to re-sign Kareem Jackson. They did release him at one point, but they got him back on a one-year $5 million deal. Um, 
I feel like that's Kareem Jackson taking a pay cut there. I mean, I feel like he could have gotten more money elsewhere. He must really like Denver, though. But yeah, Denver's secondary is looking scary. I mean, this defense is going to be nasty, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, by the way, this was via rap sheet. <laughs> but I found it on Instagram from pick.6. Don't worry, guys, on Instagram, I look very closely because there were some stuff in the comments saying it was fake. I went on Safari, found many articles, many different sources saying that it was true. It is a one-year, $5 million deal. Kareem Jackson is returning to the Denver Broncos. So I'm very careful when it comes to Instagram. There's a lot of fake stuff out there. So I'm very, very careful. I check many different sources to make sure it's good. So do not worry about that. But yeah, I I mean, I think it's a great deal for the Broncos. I think Kareem Jackson could have gotten more money elsewhere. But um, good for him. He must really like Denver. Must really like playing with Von Miller. But now I think this puts the Broncos back in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Because I think a big reason Watson's interested in playing there is because he's very good friends with Kareem Jackson. So we'll see. I think the Broncos are back in the conversation, though. So we'll have to see what happens there. But moving on to the next topic here. This was NBA power rankings from lines underscore sports on Instagram. So obviously with um, LeBron and Anthony Davis out, the Lakers won't be in. This is just the top 10, by the way. So they have Nets number one, Sixers number two, Suns number three, Jazz number four, Bucks at five, Clippers at six, Nuggets at seven, Blazers at eight, Mavericks at nine. And to end it off, they have the Spurs at 10. So, I mean, I don't know how I would change this list. Um, I don't think I would have the Nets right now without KD. I don't think they're number one. Number one team, I'd probably go, ooh, this is tough. Who is the best team in the league right now with AD and LeBron out, with KD out, with Embiid out? Who is the best team right now? This is an interesting one. It's tough to pick a number one here, which it usually isn't, but I wouldn't put the Nets there. I would probably go, hmm, man, this is tough. I'm going to go, I know they're not playing great, but I'm going to go, oh man. Okay, no, we're going to go Suns one. Oh man, this is tough, dude. I don't, I don't want to reorder this. This is tough. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm not going to reorder it. I'm just going to say I would not put the Nets at one. <sighs> Who do I think is better right now? The Nets or the Sixers? Probably the Nets. Barely. Just no Embiid for the Sixers is really tough. So I'd probably move them down. I'd probably go Suns one, Nets two, Sixers three, Bucks at four, Jazz at five. Clippers at six, Nuggets at seven, Blazers at eight, Mavericks at nine, and then I don't know who I would put at 10, but it would not be the Spurs. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Who would I put at 10 instead of the... Probably... I don't know. I wouldn't put the Spurs there, though. We're so close. We got to look up some... You know what? I'm going to put the Knicks there. I don't even care. We're putting the Knicks. <laughs> I, I'm not going to look at anything else. We're putting the Knicks there. Just not the Spurs. The Spurs are not a top 10 team right now. You can't say that. All right, moving on to the next topic here. I got a stat for you guys. The Lakers are 1-2 in three games played without both LeBron James 
and Anthony Davis since they became teammates. That is a concerning stat to hear, but it's not a lot of uh, experimenting there. It's only been three games, but of course we're going to hurt without LeBron and Davis. That I would like to see the Sixers record without Simmons and Embiid. I'd like to see the Nets record without KD and Harden. You know what I mean? So every team's going to be hurting with their duo being out. So I don't think you can judge the Lakers for that. We just got to hold on, man. We lost the Suns the other night. Play the Pelicans tonight. Hopefully we can get a dub. Um, is that game tonight? Let's see. I'm pretty sure we play the Pelicans tonight, which is a winnable game. I know we're hurting right now, but that's a winnable game. Let's see. Uh, yeah, today at 530, Pelicans play. So Pelicans-Lakers, it is in New Orleans. So big game, a winnable game. We got to go out there and get the dub. All right, so this was a poll from the Pat McAfee show, which of course is mainly based on football. They do talk some other uh, sports, I believe. But he put out a poll on YouTube saying, what is the greatest sport on earth? American football, basketball, hockey, soccer, or e-gaming? I put basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. Um, I love football as well. Football is definitely number two. This was a blowout on the poll, which didn't surprise me because it's the Pat McAfee show. He's a football player. They talk mostly about football. Uh, 64% American football, 10% basketball, 7% hockey, 13% soccer, 5% e-gaming. That was out of 86,000 votes. So yeah, uh, not super surprised at all. All right, so now this is a fun one for the Lakers. Talking about the Lakers a lot today. Which trio would be the most dangerous? Anthony Davis, Shaquille O'Neal, and LeBron. Anthony Davis, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Or LeBron, Davis, and Magic Johnson. Ooh, all three would be lethal. I'll tell you that much. Hmm. Man, I mean, with Magic, LeBron, and Davis, you would probably have the best passing trio ever. I mean, Magic and LeBron are the two greatest passers of all time in my eyes. And Davis is a great passer for his position and size. So, and they just make everyone better. Um, Kobe, Davis, LeBron would be great because we would get a shooting guard who can play next to them. LeBron would figure out how to get him the ball. Kobe can hopefully bring that mama mentality to Davis and LeBron because they need it. And I would kind of say the same thing for Shaq. Shaq would be so dominant inside um, and would hopefully bring some tough attitude and mentality. I am going to go with, you know what? This is kind of funny. I would rule out Magic Davis and LeBron. I would next go. I think if I got to pick, I'd pick Davis, Kobe, and LeBron. But that's not the question. The question is, which trio would be the most dangerous? I would go Shaq, LeBron, and Davis. I mean, Davis can stretch the floor or pound you down inside. Uh, Shaq, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, LeBron made Tristan Thompson look good. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine LeBron throwing lobs to Shaquille O'Neal? You got to be kidding me. So the question is, which trio would be the most dangerous? I would say Shaq, LeBron, and Davis. The trio I would pick, though, if I had the choice to pick out of these three, I'd pick Davis, Kobe, and LeBron. Kobe's my favorite player, and I, I think that that would be my favorite duo. Out of, or Sorry, trio out of the three. But yeah, most dangerous, Shaq, LeBron, Davis. Davis could stretch the floor. Shaq was athletic enough to keep up and play fast with them. LeBron throwing lobs to Shaq would just be ridiculous. I mean, 
that would be the best five and four, five four three duo. And then you can just get a point guard and a shooting guard, and you're good because LeBron can run the offense. So that would be ridiculous. But yeah, so thank you, Hooper Culture, on Instagram for that. Thank you. All right. Well, so we have another signing in free agency. Mike Davis from the Carolina Panthers, who had a breakout season last year. Shout out to Mike Davis. He did good for my fantasy team, so shout out. But he signed a two-year, $5.5 million deal um, with the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't know how I feel about this. If I'm him, I would have stayed with Carolina. I mean, I don't know if they were offering less money or maybe only one year. But, I mean, I just think right now McCaffrey can't stay healthy. And Mike Davis is a number two running back no matter where he goes. So I'd rather back up McCaffrey and you know their system, but you never know. Maybe the Falcons were offering more money. And Gurley's kind of in the same situation. He could get hurt again. I just think Davis might disappear because the Falcons love switching running backs. They like that Ito Smith or Ito Smith. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really like this. I like this signing for the Falcons. I don't know if I like it for Mike Davis, but it was probably the most money he could get or the most years, etc. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see... uh, what the Falcons, like how they utilize him. We'll see. I think he'll be number two to Gurley, but we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to the next topic here. <laughs> it was a pretty funny meme. It said, Lonzo Ball be like, it's LeVar, Media, and LaMelo, kind of like pushing him around and making him feel small. Then he walks away, runs away to someone, hugs them, and it's Magic Johnson. <laughs> Magic loves Lonzo, man. I, I love Lonzo too, man. I mean... It's just everyone is hating on Lonzo, bro. I mean, he's one of the smart. I, I mean this. He's one of the smartest players in the league, one of the best passers in the league. And everyone, we talked about this the other day. Everyone wants to talk about his shooting stats. Like, let's talk about this, bro. And if you don't believe it, look it up. He's shooting good this season. Let's check the stats. All right. He's averaging 14, 4, and 6. But he's trash. And I think there's been a total of 43 games this season. He's played in 38. So, yeah, he's been hurt, but a little bit. Missing five games. That's nothing. But, yeah, I mean, let's look at his stats this season. Um, look, 43% from field goal range or field goal percent is not good. But believe it or not, that's the best he's shot. So he's improving every year if you look at it. 36% his rookie year. 41% his second year. Then 40% his third year. So he did go down there, but now he's back up to 43. So that's a career high for him. So you can say it's trash, but it's his career high. He's taking the most shots he's ever taken in his career. It was 11, his rookie year, 10, his second year, 11, his third year, and then 12 this year. Minutes played, he's, he's playing 32, which is second highest tied for the second highest out of his career. He played the most his rookie year. Um, but yeah, and he hasn't been hurt as much. I mean, knock on wood, but yeah, two-point percentage, shooting 50%, which is great. Rookie year, 42%. Second year, 48%. Third year, 44%. And now he's shooting 50%, career high. And then EFG, I think it's efficiency field goal percentage. I don't really know what it is, but once again, career high. 44% rookie year, 49% second year, 51% third year, and he's shooting 55% this year. I mean, it's career highs in everything for this dude. Free throw percentage. Look at this. Look at this jump on free throw percentage. And he's shooting about the same. So 45% his rookie year, 42% his second year, 57% his third year. He's shooting 77% this season. 
77%. He went from 57 to 77. Dude is ridiculous. Rebounds, he's a little down, but makes sense because he's playing with Zion and Steven Adams. So, I mean, he's still grabbing for a game though. You know what I mean? And he's getting less minutes. Assists are a little down, not the lowest in his career like rebounds have been, but it's third lowest in his career. But once again, the Pelicans don't really like him. They're not playing him that much. Uh, Steals, he's averaging one, which he's pretty much done his entire career, except in his rookie year, he averaged two. Blocks, the same as last year. Turnovers, the lowest they've ever been. Rookie year, 2.6, so three. By the way, I round up. Just letting you guys know, if it's 2.5, I round up. So that goes for any stat. So three turnovers this first year, two his second year, uh, third year, three, and then fourth year this year is two. But in his second year, when he also had two, it was 2.2. This year, it's 2.0. So lowest he's ever had in his career with turnovers. Um, yeah, and then points, career high. He averaged 10 his rookie year, 10 his second year, 12 his third year, 14 this year. I mean, how can you hate on this man? How can you call him trash? How can you say, I mean, and he's 23 years old. How can you hate on this dude? It's very frustrating. I mean, listen to those stats. And if you don't believe me, look it up, bro. I mean, I don't know how you can hate on this man. Yeah. And going back to minutes, rookie year, 34 minutes, second year, 30 minutes, third year, 32. He's playing 32 this year. So it's not like, oh, well, he's getting the most minutes he's had in his career. Nope. Like, I I don't know what your argument is, bro. How can you call this man trash? He's a starting point guard. Is he the best point guard in the league? No. Is he, you know what I mean? But yeah, when you look at his career stats, career stats, he's three points above for points. He's three above rebounds. He's two under and then assists. He's the same. So yeah, his rebounds are down. Who cares, bro? I mean, I, I don't need my point guard to rebound that much. And he's a good rebounding point guard. When he gets traded to because the Pelicans will trade him. When he gets traded to a different team, he'll do a lot better. Rebounding wise. Trust me. Um, yeah. And like, it's just, it's so frustrating. He's shooting great. Everyone needs to stop hating. I don't even know. Did we even talk about his three-point percentage? Just in case we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Here you go, boys. Rookie year, 31%. Second year, 33%. Uh, third year, 38%. Fourth year, 39%. he has improving every year. 39% from three, bro? Are you kidding me? But, oh, he can't, he can't shoot. He's trash. He's trash, bro. He can't shoot. Like, those are just people who are not educated and don't know. And I know you're like, well, why do you only look at the stats, bro? Stats do matter, okay? You do need to look at the stats. And eyeball test, yes, he's good. He plays fast. He shoots in rhythm now. He's shooting good from three. Even though his field goal percentage isn't the best, it's his career best. He's improving every year. Sometimes, guys, we just got to give these kids some time. We just give up on them. He's 23 years old, guys. 23 years old. Give him some time. He's going to be good. Just got to give him some time. Shout out to Lonzo Ball. You're playing good this year, man. Don't care what anyone else says. All right. This is from Lakers Away 24. He's a Lakers fan. He put, I just want it to be Thursday afternoon already. Don't do it, Lakers. It's a picture of Montrezl Harrell and Pope. We are apparently listening or entertaining offers for both guys. Um... I mean, I can't say much on it right now. I don't really want to trade either guy, but I think we need to. We need an impact player who can come in and score. Um, I would love a Miles Turner. 
Um, I would like a Terry Rozier, but we have Schroeder, so it's not really super useful. Um, I'm cool trading. I kind of want to keep Pope, and I want to keep Harrell. I think we might have to move Harrell. I don't think why we would need to move Pope, but um, I'm cool moving Caruso, Wesley Matthews, Marcus All, Alfonso McKinney. I just don't think a lot of teams want them right now. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what happens. But this is moving on to the next topic here. This is a mock trade. So this is from Steelers only underscore. So obviously a Steelers fan. I don't think this is realistic. Steven Nelson to the Eagles for Zach Ertz and a six-round pick. That is not happening. <laughs> Steven Nelson's not that good. Zach Ertz is great. I mean, obviously the Steelers win that trade, especially because they also get a six-round pick. I mean, if the Eagles give up Ertz for nothing, they're actually stupid. So, yeah. But, all right, going through some NBA rumors because the deadline is coming up. So, the, as the trade deadline approaches... So yeah, the Lakers are shopping Contavious Caldwell Pope before the deadline. The Mavericks have been the most rumored team for Evan Fournier. The Rockets won a young player and a first-round pick for Victor Oladipo. I think that's too much right now. I don't think any team's going to give that up. So if they want to trade Oladipo, it's gonna, they're going to get less than that. I mean, who's going to give up? Like, do you think the Magic are going to give up Aaron Gordon and a first-round pick? That's just an example. But I think that's too much for Oladipo. He's been hurt and... I don't know if anyone thinks he can stay healthy. So I did see Woj was talking about it, and he did say that the Rockets would be willing to not trade him and look at sign-and-trade options this offseason. Because that's the other thing. Giving up a young player and a first-round pick, which I don't even think is worth it right now, Old Depot's in the last year of his deal. So he could just leave whatever team he gets traded to. And I don't know if he really wants to be anywhere right now, man. So I don't know where he wants to be. I mean, I don't know. Where is Victor Oladipo from? Because... Maybe that helps. I don't know. Let's see. We'll look up because I do not know a lot about Oladipo. I know he's played for the Magic, the Pacers, the Thunder, and now the Rockets. But all right, Victor Oladipo, what college did he go to? We'll look at that first. He went to Indiana University, so I don't think he's going back to... Um, the Pacers, but let's see where he was born because that, and I mean, not all players want to go home, but it helps, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. I don't think there's any, is there any NBA teams in Maryland? I don't think so. Right. I'm losing it. I'm pretty sure. No, but we will make sure looking it up really quick. Are there any NBA teams in Maryland? There are not. No teams. At least that's what this is saying. Yeah, no teams in Maryland. All right, moving on to the next. So anyway, I don't think Oladipo's worth that. I don't think any teams will give that up unless they're super desperate. Moving on to the next topic here. The Nets have interest in in Norman Powell. Could trade Dinwiddie for him. I I think the Raptors win that trade pretty easily. I mean, Dinwiddie... People don't realize how good Dinwiddie is. I get it. He tore his ACL, but he partially tore it. So it wasn't a full tear. It's still bad. He's still out for the season, but he partially tore it. It wasn't a full, full full-on tear. Norman Powell's solid. He could help the Nets. Obviously more than Dinwiddie could help right now. I think that's a great trade for the Raptors. You get your point guard, so then you can go trade Lowry, or he can play the two next to Lowry. So you're really good either way. 
We'll see what happens. I think the Nets are really going to push to trade Dinwiddie somewhere, even if they don't get that much back. Um, this is a rumor. The Celtics may trade Marcus Smart and two first-round picks for Aaron Gordon. That is ridiculous. If I'm the Magic, i do that trade right now. Are you kidding me? Marcus Smart, who's a solid player, can play the one or the two, works hard, and plays defense. And two first-round picks? I get it. The Celtics have a ton of picks. But I would do everything in my power to not give up Marcus Smart in this deal. And... Call me crazy. I know he dropped 38 the other night against the Nets, who their defense is awful. They have the worst defense in the league, in my opinion. But I just don't think Aaron Gordon's that good. I think he's solid. But, like, is it like, oh, if the Celtics get Aaron Gordon, ooh, they're going to win the championship. Like, what? Especially if they give up Marcus Smart, dude. Does Aaron Gordon play with the intensity or play defense like Marcus Smart? No way. I mean, Marcus Smart can't dunk like Aaron Gordon or catch oops like Aaron Gordon and isn't as young or athletic. But I don't know, man. I don't like that trade for the Celtics. If I'm the Magic, I do that right now. If I'm the Celtics, I do not do that trade. The Lakers, uh, moving on to the next topic here, the Lakers are expected to sign Andre Drummond if bought out. I, dude, if we get Drummond, it's over. That's all I'm saying, bro. If we get Drummond, it is over. Championship bound. It is over. Unless Davis is out for the playoffs or... Well, let's think about this now. If we have Drummond and LeBron, do we win the championship? Ooh. I'm going to say yes. If Davis is out for the rest of the year, but we have LeBron and Drummond, we're winning the NBA championship. Everyone else is healthy on the roster. Roster stays the same with Harrell, Pope. Everyone stays on the team. Davis is out for the playoffs and we get Drummond. We win the championship, I think. Not easily, but we'll win it. Because Drummond is almost unguardable. Almost. I don't think any center in the league can guard him except for Embiid. I mean, I I can't think of another. Like, yes, Gobert, defensive player of the year, every year. He's so great at defense. Drummond would body him. I'm not worried about Rudy Gobert. I'm not. Like, Drummond will body him defensively and offensively. Gobert will not score on Drummond. Um, can anyone on the Nets guard Drummond? Yeah, DeAndre for a few minutes, 10 minutes maybe. Oh, you're going to throw in whatever, 6'9", 110-pound Nicholas Claxton? <laughs> yeah, try that on Drummond and see what happens. If we get Drummond, it's over. Especially if we have Davis, guaranteed championship. If Davis, LeBron, roster stays the same and we get Drummond, everyone's healthy, we're winning the title. No questions asked. We're not sweeping everybody, but we're winning the title. If it's just LeBron and Drummond, we win the title closer, but we win it. But that's, I, I don't know, man. That, that's, my, that's my final answer. We'll just have to see what happens. I'm excited for the trade deadline. We're going to have to see what trades are made. I mean, there's a lot of talk going on. I'm going to be pretty pissed if nothing happens because that's going to be such a letdown. All this buildup and all these trade rumors and buyouts and maybe nothing's going to happen. Because here's the thing. Everyone's talking about, ooh, Hassan Whiteside's getting bought out. Drummond's getting bought out. JaVel McGee, Rondo, Tony Snell, Wayne Ellington. None of them have been bought out yet. So some of these teams might go, yeah, we're just going to keep him for the rest of the year. I mean, the Cavs at the end of the day could say, we're just going to keep Drummond. I doubt it, but it's possible. So I don't know. But that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I know we went a little over time today, so I apologize for that. But hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you guys later. Peace out.